Hello and welcome to the Hockey Hurts Podcast for July 23rd of 2018. I'm Ryan Wilson, Penguins writer for HockeyBuzz.com. I'm Cameron Welsh from HockeyHits.com. And Cam, you are yeah, no longer I'm in, in Australia. No, I'm currently on holiday in Bali, so it's good. Uh, weather's great, trying not to get completely crisped up via sunburn. Um, but yeah, uh, different time zone. And this makes this a little bit more doable. Sort of. Kind of. Right now, I have bribed my youngest with Coco on Netflix. We will see how long that lasts for. (laughs) (laughs) So, we're going to get right into it. We have some defenseman signings. One one arbitration, which uh, with a very significant player in Jacob Truba. It's going to get ugly. Um... Matt Dumba of Minnesota just signed a pretty lucrative deal. We have some New Jerseys um, that have been released by certain teams. We'll have some thoughts on that. And whatever listener questions we get while we're recording. We have a few. We'll see how many more come in. You might think that we would send out these tweets sooner than we do, but yeah. (laughs) Hey, come on. I sent mine out 12 hours ago. I think I sent mine out 15 minutes ago. <laughs> you have a substantially larger amount of followers. We'll probably get more from you than me. <laughs> right now, we're tied. Um, so, Jacob Truba, and this has kind of been an ongoing thing to where he sat out part of a year, a few years ago, actually made it to arbitration, and not only that, it was a pretty long hearing from what I gather. Uh Eventually, they settled at, what, five and a half mil? I think so, for one season. So he's going to walk next year. Well, I don't know if he can. Let me double check. So whilst you're doing the double checking, Stephen Birch put up some pretty good tweets in regards to the whole arbitration process. It kind of seems like the player and the team go to the extremes of what they want and the arbitration guy just steps in and gives what's down the middle for one year occasionally two but mainly it's just one year whatever's the, the middle of the, the ask is. I don't mind this idea from Birch get there and actually take one or the other oh Jesus so no no but you get what he's trying to do there right don't you Avoid rather it. than have to be comp- a little bit, but rather than have them be completely polar opposites of what the expectations are, actually have them put in some realistic ideas here, which would theoretically force them to avoid it more often than not. Absolutely. I think it would be a better way to go about it. Make him pick one or the other. Uh, somebody came home. Ooh, hello. Go back to Coco. <laughs> <laughs> um... So what was the deal? Was it... Five and a half one. But he's an RFA he... still. Still? God, how old is Truba? Uh, that's a great question. He's 24 it... as of right now. Uh, okay, so he doesn't quite hit that 26. Okay. That you kind of However, expect him to be able to do what I expect him to do next year... Um, I believe the team took him arbitration which is uh, significant because the team can only do it once for 
a player? Oh, I can. I guess it doesn't really matter. A player can do it as often as they want. What Truba would do next year is do this process again. But I think the player can choose the length, and he would choose one year, and that would take him to UFA. And they would trade him. Likely. That would, at that this would be point. the smart thing. So, I would look at trading him now. So the team that gets him has arbitration rights, I'm assuming. I mean, if you truly believe you're going down that road, it makes sense. The problem is they're a contender. And he is a very good part of that contention. So, which which raises a question. They, they um, saved a lot of money by dumping Mason and all that with the intention of doing the Stasny thing. It's not like they yeah, don't have right. space. No, which makes you go, why are you being such a hard-ass on a player that... You know, Trevor's never really said that he wants to stay. It's always been the argument you hear from the, the people I follow on Twitter that are Winnipeg-based and the Winnipeg followers that Trevor doesn't really want to hang around, but surely you can try and find a way to use... Some of that $11 million in cap space you've got floating around to just entice him to stay for a couple more years. Because you got Myers coming off, and that's $5 million then. You know, that's yeah. not good value. No. So you don't want to be playing games with Truba and then giving Myers money again. And sort of where they're looking, isn't it? So I'm looking at uh, Ryan Stimson's passing data, which is always pretty good. Good data. Good data. Um, and I'm going to go through his acronyms. Are I don't I haven't even memorized what all of them are. I have to kind of guide my oh. mouse over what the I'm descriptions gonna are. I'm going to have no hope here. No, no hope. I'm not going to use the acronyms. I'm just going to quickly go over <laughs> some of them. So the percentage of on ice shots Truba contributes to. Yep. So things he's involved in when the Jets get a shot. He's in the 93rd percentile in the NHL. Jesus. Among yeah. what they've tracked and. What they've tracked for Truba is 2,228 minutes, which is um, a pretty significant size of minutes. Have they have they declared what they think is a good size, like a good statistical size for these minutes-wise yet, or have they has, have they not just had the time to go? All right, this is a good. I could uh, representation. It's a good question. Um, unless unless the month moving forward. Ryan will be hosting the RIT Sports Analytics, and Corey Schneider will be presenting, so maybe I'll catch them at the bar and get an answer on I like it. So, um, there's some other interesting ones. There's just so much here to go through, and I'm doing it live it's on the, a podcast. No, the, the, thing, the thing with Truba, though, I think that you and I sort of both agree on, is that he can play. He's a positive influence out there on the ice they will be a lesser team without him playing on their second pairing or first pairing I think that's pretty that's pretty clear the fact that they couldn't keep their like like you said they cleared space specifically for this offseason to take on Statsny and Statsny didn't want to stay so this is a team that I have a feeling that the general manager feels they're a centre short and I wouldn't be surprised if he does something later on in the year 
to bring somebody in. I mean, the cap. If you're if you're a team that is as close to winning it as Winnipeg are, to fall short with eleven million dollars in cap space for this particular season, is is um, irresponsible by the general manager. Correct. Um, transition passes, eighty seventh percentile. So passes that are from the defensive or neutral zone that directly lead to shot attempts. So, like, great at starting transition, basically. It's basically assists via basketball, really. Yeah, but not needing to actually make the basket. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Shots per 60, shot creation, he's in the 91st percentile, so he's getting his own. Yeah, he's he's just a really good player. It's puzzling that, you know, I think he went into arbitration asking for seven, which you just kind of talked about how they go in at the extremes. What's another five hundred thousand? You have to think yeah, he's in that six point two five range. I was about to say the exact same number. Give him six point two five over five years and. You're done. Wrap this you're up. done with all. Yeah, you, next year you're going to have to pay Patrick Laine a bazillion dollars. We all know that. But Tyler Myers comes off the case. There you go. It's this this Truber and, and, and Winnipeg thing has been very interesting in, in in that context of. I feel like quite clearly he hasn't wanted to stay there, and they've literally just dragged him kicking. It. It's like he's tried to price himself out of their market to have them go right we'll just trade him away he may not want to be in Winnipeg I know some people don't want to hear those things but he, he just may no, not no. want to be there regardless if the team's good or not because you know you do have to live in these places and I'm not taking a yeah. shot at Winnipeg even though I guess I am even though I've never been well, there he's not happy with he's an American that's just true but he you know I guess Winnipeg's not really known for Stuff. What, their beaches? <laughs> so. No, no, but the, the thing is, though, Truba's sort of given the impression he doesn't really want to be there. He was in Atlanta, wasn't he? He was a part, he was in Atlanta, wasn't he? Ooh. I, I swear he was a rookie. I, are you thinking Bogosian? Maybe it was Bogosian, yeah. But Truba's never really felt like he wanted to be there. And so every time negotiations have come up, he's played hardball. And, you know... At the same time, he's had value. Played. So he wants his yeah. value. No, he never played in um, Atlanta. Nope. He was obviously after. So it was post post the uh, relocation. Yep. Yep. So it's just... it's I don't know. This is what Winnipeg are going to fight the entire time. You know? I mean... What do you do if Patrick Lane gets to the end of his his next deal? Because they'll get they'll extend him for seven or eight years, eight years I'm assuming. What happens when he gets to the end of his eighth year and he goes all the way over in, in you know in North America? Why do I not go and play somewhere warm? Like it's the battle that Winnipeg are always going to have, and that, like you said, we're not having a crack at the city. It's the realistic nature of. It's like a Nordic tundra up there at times. I think um, it's... They took a long time to 
collect this talent. It would be disappointing to see it all fall apart. Much like this podcast. This podcast is not falling apart. We just know that there are young kids flooding around. Um. <laughs> so, where the hell was I? Mom has saved the day for now, but I'm going to pay for that later. This is what moms are good for. Winnipeg rebuilt. Took a while. Took a long time. Lots of young talent. But now you're going to play games when it's time to fuck up for the ones that have played well? That's not... You don't want to do that because you're not going to hit in these drafts the way you did. You were Atlanta in a bad Winnipeg team. Like, that's not where you want to be anymore. How are you going to get Patrick Line? I suppose you can miss the playoffs and, like, luck your way into a second overall pick like Philadelphia did. But is that really how you're going to run your operation? One, one thing I've... Like, that point you make about the Philadelphia thing is a really good one. But it still comes down to, I have you got a generational draft? Or is it just one of those mediocre drafts that... Edmonton happened to run into three out of four times. Do you know what I mean? Like, it, it can be... The, the the top three picks in a draft are only as good as the players that are involved. And, you know, sometimes you just don't get the rub of the green. I mean, I think most years you're doing okay. Even um, this past year with uh, Nolan Patrick and... Hishay, Hershey, blah. I'll get it right one of these times. Yeah, I'll never get that right, I don't think. Is not the worst. No, but neither of those guys are... Sam Reinhardt, uh, we'll see. He's kind of... He came on really strong the second half of last year. It'll be interesting. These, well, I'm sure we'll have a podcast on that contract in the near future. <laughs> yeah. And it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, I think you got to bridge that guy, even though, like, I, I think you, it's better off you pay the guy sooner. But yeah, I think you're, I think you're right though. You got to bridge him just in case it flops. Otherwise, you're on the hook for eight years. Yeah, you can't screw. Like certain RFAs, like you know, like Kucherov shouldn't have had that bridge, even though it turned out fine. Which I, he got rid of his one agent and then. The other one fucked him over, too. Uh, yeah, it didn't improve his situation at <laughs> well, all. Well, it did by a lot of money, but not as much. He, like he's, he, yeah. I, I can't think of a star player other than maybe Sid, which was self-inflicted because he wanted to. Well, but Sid and Gino both took less. I guess... Stamco set the bar. Steven Stamco set the bar and Kucherov fell in line. Sort of. Yeah. But, um... Sid set the line, Malkin fell in line. I think... I don't think you'll see Truba traded this year, and that would be fine, because even if you trade him after the year, before free agency, you still give that team the rights and time to talk without other people popping their nose in. Not that anybody will, as we've come to find out. (laughs) <laughs> like, this year would also have been a offer sheet Jacob Truba kind of year. It's perfectly clear that these offer sheets uh, are a false economy. Yes. Um, 
Yeah, keep Truba, keep him for the year. This team needs him on it. I mean, try him, keep him, keep him. But yeah. I don't... I can't rule it out completely, because if you, you hit a certain dollar amount, maybe he changes his mind, but... You get in these arbitration processes where they shit on your gameplay for hours on end, and you're sitting there. Um... The, the players that do make it to arbitration, I'm wondering what the percentage is they stay with those teams long term. It can't be good. You, you, everything you just these whilst you know there are times where as podcasters and as as analysts you hear on the TV and stuff like that, these people are human beings. There comes a point where you just go, "Well, you think I'm terrible? I'm out." It, it's human nature. Yeah, and usually these guys that are getting there are halfway decent that other marketable to other teams and Truba is certainly that and he can Oh yes. And he's a right handed defenseman, which for whatever reason holds a higher premium. Which is another reason why the Jets are being foolish. You already have one in house that you don't have to give assets up for. Just pay the six ish price. You already have uh, Buffalo in there. We've got two hot commodities. Could I ask a stupid question? Why are righties, particularly on the defensive end, such a rare and valuable commodity in the NHL? Is there a percentage? Like I, I, I think there are more lefties off. that play. And I think Is it that hard to control the puck on your backhand, on your offhand, up the boards? Yeah, yeah, it's that's that's. I realize it's not as easy, but these guys are legit NHL defensemen. Like, so are the four checkers. (laughs) Yeah, okay, that's thank you, thank you for clarifying that. (laughs) I mean, guys can do it, but yeah, yeah, it's not the easiest. I don't know. It's funny. My high school team, by the end of it, I think we might have had all righty D. Five, at least five. Really? Now that I'm Jesus. Kind of, the top two pairs for sure. Yeah, five out of the six. Wow. And then our seventh <laughs> was a righty too. College, I had a bunch of righties that played. Um, it was a little bit more balanced, but it's it's funny that my I know my personal experiences don't translate to the NHL, but there are you know right-handed players that play the position but apparently they're not as many not as many that make the elite or, or at least they're fucking not worth a damn <laughs> and any anything else you want to discuss with the Truba Truba deal I mean it bounces off very well to the Dumba deal the fact that Minnesota got him wrapped up and he's right handed <laughs> yeah. yeah um Dumba is um, kind of always been like the, Minnesota's had this pack of defensemen that have all kind of blended together. Homogenous group of which defines their team really. There's no those two deals that they made after the lockout killed the team really when you think about it. it hasn't killed them yet because Suter's been good. Yeah. Suter's been good for them the whole time. Parise. Not well. Freeze's been good when he's not out, which was always a concern. 
But you have but like Sid has um, been out injured as well. That's the problem. Like lately, yes. This season. Don't forget, Sid is, Sid is thirty-three, right? Yeah, they got like a bazillion years left. But a lockout, and so they'll a... be good. <laughs> I forget the bailout. I really do. But they got guys. Um, Suter's obviously at the top. But like Spurgeon, Brodeen, Scandella when he was there. And Dumbo was always kind of floating around near the bottom. But he's he's actually pretty offensively talented. And does a lot of nice things. Much Not as good as Trubo. We talked about the, the passing stuff. Where, where yeah. Trubo's in, in a lot of these, he's in the 90th, 80-something percentiles. Some of them are in the low 70s. Um, Dumba, uh, when you go through the list, some of them are in the 40s and such like that. Um, it's, it's but not many. He's still good. Um, yeah, no, no, it's, it's surprising me because I, I look at him like the Minnesota version of Seth Jones. And I think Seth Jones is a, an exceptional defenseman, and I probably put him, Truber, and, and Seth Jones all in the same sort of triumvirate of players. And it, it just feels weird that he doesn't quite get the respect. Maybe it's because he does play behind Ryan Suter. Well, Jones is super legit. Looking at this, he's really good. Absolutely, that that and that's Dumba's the thing. Not like that, you're going to sit there, but. He does move the puck. He does create offense, and it's worth the premium, in my opinion, because why you're not going to get value when you pay for defenders. You need to pay for people that move the needle the other way. That's the hard part. Pay for the hard part. Don't pay for the the bare minimum that doesn't um, I, move that expected goals anywhere. I, I think... I think we've worked out as a podcast now that coaches play not to lose, at least most of them in the NHL. They don't play to win. And, and, and you're asking general managers to pay for players that move the needle forward, but then you're asking coaches to play those players in, in situations that allow them to do it. It's like a contradiction in terms. Yeah. It's... Um because Dumba does he do exactly what you said. He moves the needle the right direction. Yeah, I want guys that create for others. And the more I have, the better. Because while they may not always defend well, once they get the puck, it, it's a form of defense. And they can make better plays and put the pressure on to where the other team, is. you, you wear them down that way. They may not be punching back at you as strong. Whereas... If you're a great defending team, you're always expending your energy to prevent. Prevent can only be as good as zero. And even then, on a fluke bounce, it's not zero. Whereas you push it the other way, you know, it, it's easier to keep going in the proper direction. When you're defending, there's only one way things can go. You start at perfect and can only get worse. That's the thing I don't understand about the prevent idea is that you're right that the best result you can have prevent is zero and you start with it and how often does that happen how, yeah and how often does that happen it's 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 a pretty rare event like how many shutouts do you get for an entire NHL season so if you play prevent and you do it successfully you get a zero 
still requires you to put something in the net the other way. And we're not taking, telling our wingers to hang at the other blue line and not contribute defensively or anything like that. It's just defense first players I, I'm not as interested in. One, from an entertainment standpoint, and two, from a philosophical standpoint. We always want a defenseman that's willing to jump in the play and make a a two-on-two, a three-on-two, or a three-on-three, a four-on-three. And you rely on that particular defenseman to have the skill set to uh, swing back through the offensive zone and get back on D. And have the the player, the offensive player that's not involved to to make sure they cover up for you on defense. It's, It's very frustrating that hockey is so defensive this sport the skill the skill sets of the players nowadays I think you're going to get closer to total hockey I don't know when where you're not actually defining forwards and defensemen where all five are going to have responsibilities based on what the other four where your where your place is as things unfold so rather than the defense always being back, you can activate people left and right and keep pressure on while other guys are always sliding and filling. I think you're going to see that eventually. I don't know what time frame that is, though. I don't know if it's five, ten years. It's certainly not right now. But as these players that get developed keep becoming more and more skill-based... I think you're going to see it in the first coaches that are able to um, put that in at the NHL level. It's going to look great. It's going to take a while, but well, it's it's fun. It, it's funny. You you see players that could do that, like a player here or a player there that could play any position. Fedorov, Forsberg, just to, to name a couple off the top of my head that could play any position on the ice and you saw how dynamic their teams were because of their ability to do that imagine being a coach who felt comfortable enough to tell all of the players on his roster kind of no matter where they were skill set wise that we're going to play this free flowing if you're near this position on the ice you play that position you don't resort back to what you've grown up with as a left winger or something like that it would be fantastic because I think it would create, it would allow players that are traditionally defensemen to show off their offensive flair because they're not concerned about, I know I'm trapped down below the dots. I'm kind of cactus right now. It'd be fantastic. That and, again, it's going to take a while. You're not developing players at the youth level as forward or defensemen. You would be developing just players. So... Correct. When That's they learn the game. Really good point. And I do think eventually it's going to happen. But it's, I don't know, It'll be interesting. Have you seen Have you seen anything in, in the bits and pieces you've seen through your, your coaching that it's going to no. change? Like, no. personally? So it's, if, if, it's not, if it's not changing at your level yet... It's going to take some time because it's going to feed from the bottom through. Well, I know Ryan Stimson has started coaching Bantam hockey in our area, and I'm very curious. I'm going to pick his brain on how, because he's written a lot about this, and I want to see if he's practicing that um, right now. 
he's he's kind of at the beginning of the coaching thing, so I don't know if he's going to go total uh, diving headfirst into the total hockey stuff. Oh, it'd be beautiful if he did because you'd be butting heads with parents and it'd be yeah, crazy. <laughs> He wouldn't. He wouldn't. He wouldn't win that. Okay, I forgot that part. But yeah, but it's you know, lucky that to have yeah, such a resource point. in the same uh, town and uh, have that communication line open because I'm curious. Um, I am gonna talk about that total hockey stuff because it's interesting to me. He's put a lot of time and thought into it more than I have, and he's he's put he's it's put a pen to paper to it. it. Or, fingers to keyboard and <laughs> I, I, I think you know like a guy like Brent Burns comes to mind is he a yeah, uh, Eric Carlson <laughs> I mean give me a break with that one like all these skilled defensemen like what's to say the forwards can't do the same thing well you, you love it to Chris yeah, Tan. Absolutely. You know, Gino, think about Gino. Gino always plays the point on the power play. There's no reason why they can't, they couldn't extend out his skill set to be someone that could play at the back end a little more often. He's got the reach. He's got the frame that, that would be able to do it. It's, you know, Jared Spurgeon, he's a defenseman that's tiny. Why would you not let him roam the ice a little bit more than what he currently does? So, you're right. There are players out there. It just comes down to the coaching philosophy at the NHL level and it, yeah, it's going to take somebody that's got some some of this defending you're like well forwards uh, how are they going to defend skating backwards a lot of these um, situations if you were to play total hockey I imagine my hypothesis would be you wouldn't be defending in that classical backing away you would almost be attacking and closing gaps all the time because of the f- fluidity of it so you wouldn't be having yeah. Sid, you know, skating backwards from the red line into his zone trying to prevent his own entry. He'd be more angling at the guy. Does, does I, that make I sense think, or no? I think you're right there. No, no, absolutely. It makes sense to me because you'd, you'd have the, 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 the I, won't, I want to use the word defensive, you'd have the player coming yes. across the ice so they wouldn't be skating backwards. They'd be skating flat out forwards trying to catch the play which means you know if we go with this the 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 opportunities for the forwards with the puck to deke players absolutely make them look like pylons and stuff would increase and as an entertainment product fantastic but as a product for coaches it's like well no i don't don't know where i'd start you're right yeah, but you're exactly right. The the defenseman, whoever it is that's coming across to be the last line of defense or the first person to make contact with the person with the puck, is definitely going to be coming across the ice in a forward skating position rather than already being back at the blue line and just having a, a, an ability to try and close the gap. And I, I think that would be a fundamentally big difference in the way the game is played in that I guess where I would start is there's so many transitions in the game and not all of them are smooth there's a lot of fumbling going (laughs) especially at the high school level it's not NHL hockey clearly I think I would just 
F1, F2, F3. I, I guess I would just call it that because it's how it's been. And if one of them's a defenseman, so be it. <laughs> the, instead of waiting yeah. for, well, this guy is supposed to be the one. You, you just got to send the closest two and sort it out from there. Whoever is back, you stay back. And then the guy's trailing will pick up the higher slot area. You know what I mean? I'm surprised that's There's not a the little bit of that. Now. Do you know what I mean? Like, because everything you've just said then makes common sense to me as a as a person that's not played the sport but has followed. There's it an undertone years, of it. Don't get me wrong. Everything you've very yeah. rarely like if you send in a D man as a one of your first two four checkers. Yeah, but if he's deep anyway, like, if he's deep anyway, theoretically, your forward's already covering for him. So if the puck bounces off his shin and ends up in the corner, what do you want him to do, pull back? No, you so want him to go chase the puck. The key to this system, you better have guys that can skate. Because if you don't, you're you're screwed. Well, and, and that's that's the funny thing about it, is that you 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 do have players on teams that make the puck do the work for them rather than their own skates. So will we lose players no, like that in the game? But, you know, skate. he can't have as many, I, I would say. Well, I think we're already at that point with most of those players are yeah, out. Yeah, at, at the highest level. Do you know what I mean? But they have to yeah. learn it at the lower levels at some point. So, yeah, Matt Dumba, huh? <laughs> How did we get... To, yeah, you're right. We started from there, didn't we? Um, Jesus. You know, I don't have much more you need to add. I think that, that contract will be fine for Minnesota. I think he's earned it. And those are the kind of players I would give yeah. the money to. But that's just me. Well, you, you've explained the reasons why. They're all pretty solid. It makes pretty good sense. Well, quack quack. Yeah. Um, Anaheim had a layup. And they, well, what do you think? They yeah. kind of blew it. That's where I'm at. Logo, awesome. Uh, that's kind of where it begins and ends. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how you can. Have a logo as cool as that, and then still screw up the jersey. I don't. What is going on? One, where's <laughs> the eggplant? Two, the color. It, the shoulders are terrible. Like, not even from a color standpoint. You got one of the, in my opinion, one of the coolest logos in the NHL, which. For some reason, you, you got rid of. Much like the penguins, I guess it happens with bird logos. You have a cool one, and then you just forget about it for years. I want to come back to and that. And that shitty D thing on the shoulder, the web duck D. Yeah, it's just uh, I don't know. Like you know, the club came from the movie, or the movie came from the club. Whichever way you want to look at it. That duck mask yeah, is awesome. Who cares that it came from? Why it doesn't? No, absolutely no one should. It looks great. 
you know, give the give the the, the Disney product credit, you know, for doing redoing Star Wars. Tip of the hat. They got the logo right on that one. Do you want Pittsburgh to come back with the uh, 1990s Penguins logo as a third jersey? The late 90s, or yeah. So the Darius Kasparitis OT shot. Oh, the grey one? No. No, but you want to go the white, the white version of that penguin? I, I think that's an. I, I was. I'm still. I was pissed they got rid of the normal penguin. I love the, the remake of the nineteen, like the the cup winning penguins logo. That's it's a great the logo. One that I fell in love with the club with. I don't that's know the if one I want to keep um, <laughs> the Pittsburgh one from Gin and Juice, but I think that. Some people would like that oh, one. the left to right Pittsburgh. That's so boring. Yeah. It's just letters. I, I wouldn't mind um, the white Robo Penguin as a third. I, I'd be fine with that. Um, have you seen Carolinas? No, I have it's, not actually. Um, it's different. If you go to right. Aesthetics while you're telling on me. Twitter and scroll a few tweets down, you'll see like a collage. It's got the ducks. Uh, Arizona going back to the their original like desert coyote peyote look. Oh, I don't. I no, don't, I don't, don't either. Crazy coyote, coyote actually, to be honest. Yeah. Oh, hang on. What the hell is that Carolina yeah, doing? Oh, you stick with flags. I think those are eyes of the hurricane. I don't know. Oh. oh no, they're not. They are just squares. Yeah, someone someone didn't learn yeah. Photoshop, so they just went on Microsoft Paint. Or <laughs> 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 clip art. <laughs> it, the thing that I'm looking at, it's on sports that it says take warning and I'm like, yeah, this is a brutal jersey. I am definitely taking warning. Jesus, I've never been a huge fan of their jerseys. I like I, this isn't helping. Their logo is not particularly fantastic, but that is that's like just yeah. I don't. I like the idea of the hockey stick as a as a flagpole. Absolutely get that. But what their it's not a Schwat sticker, so we're doing okay. Um, but yeah, the Ducks. Just bring back the original jersey. It's really awesome. It had a unique color scheme and a great logo. There's really not much else you need. The fact that there's black no, and, that's and gray, exactly I think it's gray. The fact that I have to guess is not good. The fact that the color scheme, <laughs> if you put a shark's logo on it, it would look in place. Yeah, you see, that's... Look, I know they're all in the same state. Come on, guys. It's like... It's a Sharks jersey with the Mighty Ducks logo on it. Yeah, that's not good for anybody. So, whoever makes the choices in Anaheim, you consistently get it wrong. Because their current jerseys are, mm-hmm. like, 31st in the league. And this... This... Um, they'll sell a bunch of it. Like, I get it. But 
You would also sell a bunch of the original stuff with modern players on there. And since you were producing the old jerseys, people would customize them with Korea and Solani and Pronger. Or, not Pronger, he didn't play on those ones, but you know. Gihei Bear. <laughs> oh, you just put Pronger on any of them. Well, yeah, actually, it's a good call. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't I don't know. I don't have much else to, to add on the jerseys other than they screwed it up. Not Arizona, but the other two. Yeah, and... I, I love that coyote. Like, the thing, who? What's the one player you associate with that crazy coyote? Probably Ronick, believe it or not. I would say Happy Bullet. I was thinking Chuck as well. Yeah, and that's true. All three of those, absolutely, totally. Yeah, get probably that. should be Tipo Newman and. They did have some good players through that era, didn't they? <laughs> Yeah, like Ronick's a dumbass, but he was a Did good player. Did they make a couple of? Oh, yeah, I loved Happy Ball when I was a goalie. Absolutely. Um, let's see. I think we're on borrowed time, so. Okay, so let's roll off some questions then. If we're on borrowed time. All right, Ryan Cummings at VP underscore Ryan C. Should Rutherford trade centers for more wing depth or have them play wing? Something has to happen with six centers on the roster. We can tie in the Derek Grant's signing um, into this as well. I think the plan is right now maybe some of them play wing, including Broussard. Some of them? You mean one in particular is going to play wing? Probably. Uh, it's easy to... Idiots. i got to see how this shakes out. They do have options. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't have to... No, no, you don't have to see how it shakes out. You know perfectly well that Sid, Gino, Brassard is the three centers. Yes, I agree with that. But are they going to be better than pushing? Do the wing thing absolutely? It hasn't happened yet, so we'll see. Right, is that what you want to see? Shaking? No, no, the, I, okay. I'm with you. The top three centers are the top three centers, and I'm not willing to budge on that. Will they actually compromise that? They have not yet. Like, nothing has happened yet. Yeah, that's the shakeout part. Yeah. Derek Grant, he played here in Rochester. You know, he's, he's a career AHLer that shot 18% last year. Okay, so just just humor a person that's had quite a few GNTs, right? How is it that getting Derek Grant suddenly makes the general manager want to come out publicly and say, we've got enough center depth that we can push our third line center up onto the wing of the second line, and we're very confident that Riley Shane can come up and play third line center with Phil Kessel on his side and slot a 452-year-old Matt Cullen as the fourth line center. Like, I don't understand. I... Yes. You know what I'm saying. I'm just... Yeah. I, I just got to wait until they actually play these games with the depth chart because um, yeah because my concern isn't that Brassard can't move to the wing to it well skilled players can kind of play wherever you put them my issue is the fact that it suddenly makes a deep lineup shallow that's where I start to get worried 
that's all. Yeah, I think um, spreading that talent is what's made them good. Mm. And I'm not saying Riley this, Sheehan this, can't what you've play third line center in stretches, but I think we learned not only in Detroit where he's really struggled for offense, but his fit where he was maximized the best was when he was on the fourth line as far as overall team production. And Broussard finished the year hurt, but he also finished the regular season, the games he played on a little bit of a point streak. So, I don't know. I think that's the other frustrating thing about it is that you've said this in a couple of hockey hockey buzz articles, is that you go out, you go out really hard to get Broussard and play him as your third line center. Plays well, gets hurt, disappointing playoff for himself personally, and then all of a sudden you get to the off season and go, right, we want to change the way we thought of using him. Like you don't have to reinvent the wheel there's here. A pattern, there's a pattern going Having on a, with these, some of these moves. Is, gimme, 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 gimme. Rather you know what? Just it's throwing like sh- kids, maybe two-year-olds, they get the new toy, and then they <laughs> stop playing with it and find want the new toy. It, especially when the new it's, toy breaks and you're impatient enough. Uh, you can't wait for mom or dad to fix it, which would be an injury. <laughs> and then by the time it gets fixed, you're like, well, like, look over there. <laughs> it's like Dory. Jeez, you can tell you have a child. You can tell you are a parent. <laughs> because that is exactly right. I think you're, everything you've just explained then about Rutherford and his trade and his players, particularly oh, in the shit, how many situation, rumors exactly that we had right. to endure because he just won't shoot them the shit down. Oh, it's ridiculous. That that said, though, Chad Tully, in regards to the lineup options, is a question. Okay. Who do you think Sprong fits better with, Sid or Gino? Because this this all comes to do with the whole Gino. way everything filters down. So it's, I do too. Sid I think so too. will play small sided games more, like. Sid's so good at grinding and in small places, which is why Gensel's really good because he's super crafty. That's why Sherry was okay with him for a while. You know, he had a bad year last year, but um, Sherry willing to get into those areas quickly, like in a Dupuis role, where Gensel's playing the crafty, put pucks to spots, much like Kunitz. Where I think Sprong... I don't know if the cycling and all that stuff's going to be uh, his thing. I think I think Sprong is a lot like Kessel. Not I'm not comparing the actual um, end results of the not play, a- but Kessel likes carrying the puck. Good, great shot. Uh, not really a cycle player, but can scoop a puck up uh, in stride and create time and space. Like I, I think Sprong has a more similar skill set to any Penguins winger, it would be Kessel, and Malkin and Kessel have shown to work, whereas I'm guessing Sid wanted Kessel on the team, but maybe not play with him. It's, it's funny. I, I, th- I thought about this because this question came in like 
a while ago, which is good. I think the thing with Sprung and, and Gino, and this may just be because I've been watching a lot of basketball lately, if Gino gets aggressive and decides to attack the net and, and basically just go, screw you, I'm going to go through you all, teams are naturally just going to sag to Gino. It's Gino. Well, so you have to do it. He is like, the best at creating for others in the league about. There aren't, I can't think of too many, like Connor McDavid, even Sid, he's, Sid's not necessarily better at um, some of these shot assist metrics, I think they're on par. Yeah, and and that's kind of the thing with Gino. If Gino decides to get aggressive and start, particularly at the start of the year, get aggressive, go at them, and teams will go, well, screw Sprong. It's Daniel Sprong. Why would we? Why would we want to respect him? And Sprong gets off to a hot start. All of a sudden, space gets open for Gino because teams won't sag as hard. So. I think I think I agree with you in the sense that you wax wrong with, with, with Gino and you keep Broussard on the third line with with Kessel and, and just let nothing, them work it I out. I think at that point you know? I, I think Hornquist needs to be with Sid. Ooh, like you've made this financial agree. commitment. This podcast is beat to death in that I think Hornquist is a is a the idiocy of it until other people kind of set the, the wheels in motion, but once they're in motion, super effective player. Like, he's not good in transition or passing all that well. I think you got to keep him with Sid because Sid is a grinding player. We can get Hornquist down in those areas. Sid can play off of that better. I think Sprong and Kessel, you could flip with either of those two other centers, assuming Broussard stays. And I think that would be a better fit. The fact that we have to say assuming Broussard stays is what petrifies me the most about this general manager. Yeah, well... We'll see. It hasn't happened yet. We'll well, see. As As you've said on numerous occasions, you've got to try and maximize the window of these two superstars that we've been privileged to watch for a second generation they you know three cups is pretty good no matter what happens but that doesn't mean that you stop trying but and i'm not this this is the thing though like rutherford's not trying i just there are particular things that i just sit there and scratch my head at really you think this is the best option yeah the last two offs that's sort of what i mean Jeez, there's no coincidence I don't, I don't in regards to the... Uh, like, I don't want to dive headfirst into, well, Bodrell's gone, so the guy's an idiot. I know, I was gonna. I was literally going to dive headfirst into that. Because, <laughs> you know, I don't... I don't think that to totally be the case, but I think there was a voice that he listened to that maybe pulled him away from certain moves then the voice being gone you can there's nobody that I don't know I don't know what the dynamic of the front office maybe there's a lot of yes men and women there now dude just look at Toronto 
It was really easy to see the change in philosophy once someone left. That was more stark. You know, we're not as attached to... Like, I'm, Rutherford, for any criticisms, I would love you. I would not put him in loops. He's not telling people to shave their no, beards I wasn't, and you can't wear high numbers. Like, I was, yeah, no, but no, that's no, all no, part I'm, of that's, it. That's, that's, absolutely it is. That's not my argument, though. My argument is that you, you look at the decisions made since Bottle was gone, and what's the best thing he's come up with is Brassard. Fantastic how they managed to make that whole thing work, right? Love that. But the trigger-happy nature of, oh, I don't know whether that really worked for us. I want to get rid of him or move him away from where we thought we should. You know, he's, he's the most open general manager I've ever seen. So when he starts talking to the public, he's telling you what he wants to do. And the whole, let's move Brassard to the wing so we can have two lines that are ridiculous. Where do you fit Kessel amongst all of that? What, you relegate into the third line and have the coach get shitty with him because he doesn't play like a third liner? I, you're not putting players in positions to succeed. And well, I think well, if that's you're putting Broussard on frustrates that wing, that most. means Haglund, Sheehan, Rust, or Sprong. Rust or Sprong is going to be on the outside of the top nine. Yeah. Which makes no so. sense to me whatsoever. But the, the roster, the roster, if you play them in position, actually fills out quite nicely. If you start trying to get too clever by half, yeah, then you... Anyway, we've got weeks slash a couple of months to go over yeah. all that garbage. and I can't write the same thing over and over, which is why in August I probably won't be writing much like... at all. <laughs> Uh, any other questions did, for you? But, um, yeah. You're out of time. You're out yeah, of children. i got to pick the, the older two up in a little bit here. But, well, let's um, let you go. Yeah, so Truba, total hockey. Some Penguins talk. Yeah. Success for a late July uh, podcast. So um, Absolutely. That's it for me. All right. Well, you enjoy the beach. I'll be joining you, not at the same beach, but at the beach um, <laughs> next week. So there'll probably be a little bit of a break in the podcast because I don't have the freedom that you do podcasting on vacation because, yeah, we share a house with my in-laws and we'll have six kids, eight and under, in the house. I don't know how the hell that would even work because it's not <laughs> we'll come back we'll, we'll come back in yeah, about three weeks <laughs> fair enough alright All right. catch you later guys